Hello, you amazing people out there, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I'm one of your hosts, Angel, with Phil Pepe. How's it going, Angel? You know what, Phil? I I am I am deeply saddened today. Deeply, deeply saddened. You know why? Why? Because as we as we scroll through the internet every single day now, somebody from our childhood seems to pass. Hmm. And somebody who I used to, I don't know, had that poster on my ceiling for so long, <laughs> got kind of crusty, if you know what I mean. Um, has passed. She yes. was 82, bro. Yeah. 82. If you guys yeah. don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the one and only Raquel Welch. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and it was like, she, I, what, what, what poster did I have? It was her and freaking... Was it the fur bikini from uh, I think it, BC? Yes, I think it was that, that. Isn't that the poster you used to to hide the tunnel that you were building when you were incarcerated? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I use it for everything. I, I, I want I want to wallpaper my bathroom with that baby poster. Morgan Freeman yeah. helped you. Morgan Freeman helped you out with that project with uh, getting out of jail. Yes, he did. Yes, yes, because we were on some kind of list or something like He's that. He's the best. He's the best. But yes, yes, we lost another person. I mean, you know, part of pop culture, but not so much the comic world or whatever. But yeah, it just seems like every day, man, we're just losing somebody. It's just crazy. Raquel Welch, actress, icon, indie comic creator, because we're talking about her, so sure. (laughs) Yeah, sure. She created a lot of comics in my uh, imagination. (laughs) It was fantastic. So yeah, that's all we had. So all right, guys, welcome to to, uh, another edition of the Indie Comic Review on Amazing Action Comics Podcast. This is episode, believe it or not, 99. We are one away from 100. Any we... be better. Because next better. week is the last Thursday of the month. Yep. And we have freaking Spawn that we're going to be talking about. Extravaganza. Yes, from the comics movie. to movies to animation. Animated series. Oh, we're not even talking about the toys because they're fucking fabulous. I have a Spawn uh, toy. I'll try and dig it out. Spawn. I have like freaking like I'm nine sure. or ten of them. Sure I, I sh- yes. Uh, but yeah, so next next Thursday will be our 100th episode uh, along with, you know, talking about Spawn, the movie review, along with the animation. Uh, it will be our first attempt at our live broadcast. Uh, with video so yes, it's not that, only going to be video it will be live video live video components visual yes. aids so for those of you that don't work on a thursday at 11 o'clock in the morning we will be live <laughs> or if you're at work and want to watch us that's even better so it's you know, gonna be great you know what this is like what? this is like the advent of television this what must be how like those guys on the radio felt like the day before they were like, all right, your radio gig's over. You're on TV. Ah, that's true. And a lot of those guys got replaced. On a, on a related note, yes, this is actually my last uh, episode because next week for the visual, the live video one, uh, I'm being replaced by somebody whose face doesn't look like they were put through a thresher. Uh, somebody more, <laughs> more, more palatable. So, yeah, but it'll still be Phil. It'll still be the character of Phil just played by somebody a little more... Um, uh, not causing people to vomit their breakfast. Just wear your key and Batman mask and you're good to go. <laughs> you know I have one. <laughs> I know you do. Just don't even put it behind you. Just put it on and it's all good from there. Uh, that's all we have to do is just a half an hour of just people watching you in a Batman mask. Um, all right, cool. So, yeah, so we have, um, yeah, a couple of titles for you this week that came out. Um, some interesting stuff. 
So I think we're going to hop right into it. This will be a nice, uh, quick, short one. So we've got uh, three books that we, you know, took a look at and review, uh, and are going to review. These are our titles for the week of February fifteenth, in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty three. So I have two, and you have one. So I'm going to go first. Okay. How about that? And then we'll, we'll sandwich you in the middle. So I'm going to start with this book that I was, you know, really looking forward to reading, and then. When you read it, you kind of just say, okay, you know what? Maybe I wasn't looking forward to reading it. <laughs> but no, no. All right. So, you know, like I, like I said before, you know, our, our number one rule is that we don't shit on anything. However, there's going to be things that, you know, we like and things that we don't like, things that we gravitate to and things that just, you know, just up in the air kind of thing. So um, I'm going to be reviewing The Exiled. And this is from What Not Publishing. And, you know, I've, I've read a book already from What Not Publishing. We've, we've done that review already. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, What Not Publishing. Well, What Not is an actual, um, it's an app. And they have an online co component as well. Uh, sort of like you can put stuff on there for people to bid on. And it's done usually live. Um, and, you know, I was talking to someone in the store yesterday and we were talking about, because it's relatively new. I think it's less than two years old, mm -hmm. to be honest. It might be a little bit older than that. But um, as far as, like, exposure, um, it's, it's, it's around that. And we were just talking about, you know, where it started from and where it is right now. And, you know, neither bad or good, just kind of indifferent on, you know, how sometimes things shift. And it's we spoke about this before. It's like, you know, what's, what's great about some indie stuff is that it's indie it's not discovered and it's raw so if we look at like you know the the, the initial inception of the turtles book which was black and white yep. and completely different from what it is today i mean it's on nickelodeon for christ's sake it wouldn't even be put on fucking hbo without a hard r on it when it first came out and uh it's when it's that it's pretty cool right and then all of a sudden it gets discovered and it just, it's a natural evolution that if something is really cool and people gravitate towards and is a high demand, then it goes from being indie and raw to becoming mainstream. And, you know, mainstream sometimes just has a really negative connotation to it because once, once it's out of your hands and it's put into other people's hands that are going to be producing it and putting money into whatever you created that's not your money, then all of a sudden you get less and less say and it becomes something just different. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's the thing that sucks. So if we look at, and this is where I was getting with this, because I know I'm going off on a tangent. If we look at where Whatnot started off as to what it is now with like a lot of the influencers being pushed up front and stuff like that, then now all of a sudden you had a, a bunch of, you know, regular people just selling shit, being pushed down in a chain because now there's these people that bring in thousands of people or hundreds of people um, to the app. And so they get pushed to the forefront. So everything changes and it evolves. Whether it's good or bad, who's to say? It's good for some and it's bad for others that were there from the beginning, right? Um, so, yeah, so they do their thing on there. They had their app and then they ventured out. Uh, I think we mentioned this the last Sunday. They actually bought out Heavy Metal Magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're going to be producing heavy metal magazine. Um, we don't know when we're getting the first issue. Um, but yeah, we should be getting, I should say what not publishing um, on it from now on. Whether or not that's going to change, 
who's we'll we'll see. Um, but they started producing some comics and publishing some comics and. Yeah, I was interested in this one because here we go. The Exiled. The story is by Wesley Snipes, Adam Lawson, and Keith Arum. Right there's my red flag. But then it goes on. Script and letters. Adam Lawson. So there's no part of this script that is written by Wesley Snipes. And I like Wesley Snipes. You know, from Blade to White Man Can't Jump to, you know, 187 to Passenger 57 to all these movies that he's done. Money Train. The freaking uh what's his name woody Howson. did yeah. you ever see that uh, yeah yeah dude that was a great fucking movie and then it had jennifer lopez in it and stuff like that so that was yeah. their that was their uh their 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 reunited right because i was after white men can't jump correct yeah that was correct very, they were gonna so, be the yes. abbott costello of uh 90s movies but they only got those two together yeah and then uh, most recently thing was uh wait he was on wasn't he what? the expendables he was in the last one uh, I believe so. I think everybody has been in the yeah. Expendables. If anybody yes. has held a gun in a movie, they have now been in an Expendables Yes, all, all the 80s and 90s, you know, freaking dieharders. But uh, Demolition Man, one of my favorite Wesley Snipes. Oh, I, brought this up. I think this is the year of Demolition Man. I think every episode now we got to bring up Demolition Man, but he's he was great in Demolition Man. I love that movie. Wait, was that ever a comic? Demolition Man? No. No, fuck, we could have reviewed that movie. That movie's great. I love that. Fuck I have a weird I have a weird headcanon thing about Demolition Man where I actually um it is the lost Stallone Batman movie. Maybe someday I'll go into it. I'm not gonna go into it now. <laughs> wait, it's, wait. It's like it's like if Stallone did Dark Knight Returns, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this is before Judge Dredd. And it's basically like he's like, I don't want to wear the suit. So it's just basically Bruce Wayne had himself cryogenically frozen and then gets unfrozen. And at this point, this far in the future, he doesn't need to be Batman. He just ditches the, the suit. So he's definitely. Oh, Batman. my God. Yeah, I oh know. That God. was just like, that's how I could enjoy that movie when I was sitting through that in the theaters. Dude, it had freaking, what's her face in it? Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Young yeah. Sandra Bullock. Yes. A pretty speed Sandra Bullock, I believe. Yeah, that future sucks, too. If I had to, like, I would curse at freaking everything just so that I could use the paper for toilet paper like he did. Um, all right, cool. Uh, we're going off on a tangent. The art is also by, uh, nope, art is by Gabriel Escobar Santos, colors by Valentina Bion- uh, Bioncini, and then editor is uh, Michael Calero. So, okay. It's curious you have not, you have yet to mention, though, Wesley what? Snipes' most really most famous role that so many people in the comic world know him from blade he, right because i don't think you mentioned it but it's that funny. was the first he, thing i mentioned it was the first oh i thought yes. it was uh i thought it was like i can't jump no uh, i love that trilogy because this is like visually this character is blade it like, is it's but... not just wesley snipes like he's right. got the coat and the glasses and <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of similarities there too. So, and, and since we're going off, okay. So we're we're, we're good. We're good. Uh, I'm getting back. I'm getting back on track. So, all right. So the exiled. So let's start with the way it looks. I actually like the way that it looks. It's it's supposed to be sort of like this detective noir, you know, Seven meets you know uh, Blade Runner. So it is sort of like this Neo Tokyo, you know, feel to it, uh, with like the colors and stuff like that for like the backgrounds, especially for the buildings. Um, and then, yeah, he's, he's playing a detective that's called Roach, um, and he's trying to find a serial killer, um, and he discovers that, uh, I don't know if he's immortal, but for some reason he can't be killed. And he can't, uh, he can't be around in the daylight. 
He can't, yes, he can't be out in the daylight. But and he fights Draculas. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, it for me, it was just the pacing. The pacing was really weird in this one. Like it was really fast. Like I think this needed to be a double issue. So they, you know, sometimes you want a story to be told really quickly. So for instance, I read uh, this is the third volume of Good Boy which is that, you know, the dog that's supposed to be like John Wick. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's literally word for word John Wick because they use the boogeyman, they use all the terminology in John Wick. They should have just called it John Wick dogs. Um, well, it's, but, it's John Wick's dog also grown up because he has, you know, his master who he's revenging. Correct. They have the picture of him and it's John Wick. Correct. But no, the third volume is great because he finds out he has a son that he didn't even know he had a son, which is even fantastic. Um, but the pacing in that book is so fast. Like things happen so fast in that book, but it works for that particular book because uh, it's done so really well. And here, I just felt that there was just, I think the pacing for me, what it, what it took away from was giving any type of value to the character. So we want character development, right? We want to understand, you know, what the character's motives are, kind of maybe a little bit about where the character came from, where they are right now, and, you know, whatever it is they're struggling with and where they need to go to next. Uh, and you get some of that. Um, you just don't get anything that makes you want to connect to this character. Um, it, so it, it just it left me a little disconnected in that respect. I mean, however, the colors in here are beautiful. It's drawn really well. It's a really dark book. Um, I think it does have potential. Um, I just, I felt disconnected because there's nothing I care about this character. I mean, it's just like a washed up detective who everybody thinks is crazy. Um, and he swears he's not crazy. Um, but stuff happens that only he sees and nobody else sees. Um, and then, yeah, he's betrayed by his partner at the end of this, which I already saw coming, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of where it left me. So it was, it was, it was a simple enough read. I think for me, honestly, it was just the pacing that kind of threw me off. I think if it was a double size issue, you could like spread it out a little bit where we can get a little bit more background on the character to understand what his real motives are, um, rather than just him, you know, everybody thinking that he's crazy because he's seeing things that other people can't see. Um, it probably would have worked out a little bit better for me. But yeah, I mean, if you like sort of like that noir detective, if you like Blade Runner and you like the movie Seven, it, it kind of has that feel to it. Uh, it. It's it's definitely the mood of Seven. But then when you go to like the backgrounds of freaking uh, the buildings and everything, it doesn't even mention, I think, where they're from, like what city. But it really does look like it belongs in like a, a Blade Runner or, or something similar to that, the way the backgrounds are drawn. Neo-futuristic type city. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if somebody's, you know, if that's your genre, then it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I think this will probably be just the one issue for me. Um, okay. I hope it really does work out because uh, there was a lot of potential. Like, when you read the synopsis, I was, like, really, really interested in it. Um, and then picking it up and fumbling through it, I just kind of, like, stumbled through it. And with as much content as there is out there to try to, like, invest more time into something that, um, didn't capture you the first time is hard. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I like it when, you know, celebrities, you know, get involved in comics and, you know, they're, you know, I do. John, we had a couple, right? Yeah, John mean, Leguizamo's phenomics, you know, Daniels had that line, Daryl makes comics, right? No, yeah, but what, who's the comedian that did Minor Threats? Oh, Patton, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's no, actually no, really, it finished and it was fucking great. 
you've had some hits. The biggest high-profile one for the last couple of years is Keanu Reeves, right? Berserker, which is being very well received. Yeah, still um, sells. And, and and so this is the thing, though. It's like it's great when these when when celebrities kind of put that attention into comics, but it doesn't necessarily always work out, right? Right. So, uh, but there's a difference between putting your name on a comic and actually being involved. Well, like you know, uh, and again, in that the, process, the story by credit. I mean, obviously, I think my joke was like, what, 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 what was his story contribution? Make him look like Blade, right? <laughs> um, who knows? Maybe he had some input. Maybe the the big shadowy villain that the exiled man has to fight uh, is the IRS. Who happens to be a Dracula? <laughs> so you know, I, I, I don't know you're a dick. That's it. You're a dick. <laughs> uh, but you know, it would be interesting if this, like Berserker, is some sort of multimedia deal as well. That maybe there's some animation or live action something that Wesley Snipes will be involved with uh, with this going forward. Um, who knows? I guess. I guess. Well, maybe that production would be better than you know what I read. But yeah. um, and it's you know, it, it, listen. Everything that we talk about in this podcast is really just subjective, right? This is my point of view. This is what I got out of it. Yeah. Um, there could be somebody that read that book and be like, it changed their entire life, um, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, for me, what I'm looking at is, and it's funny because as much as we read so far this year and all of last year, really, um, we've seen we've seen some really freaking some diamonds in the rough that have just come out of like. Uh, all the stuff that we've read over the past, you know, couple of years, um, because it pretty much is all the same shit regurgitated. They're just <laughs> trying new things uh, for the most part. And there have been some gems out there that have been really good. And it sucks that we have sort of like these, these books that did come out that were so good right? that when we get something that's not to that caliber, it's almost like, and it, it, it could be a decent book. It just, it, it falls to the wayside because there's just, there's certain components that are missing. And I think when you're looking at, and it's funny because I was talking to another member uh, or another uh, customer at the shop, and we were talking about uh, Rob Liefeld because hmm. he does a podcast called Rob Observations. Mm -hmm. And I listened to it. You listen, I grew up in the 90s, hardcore on comics because that's when the image came into um, existence. And he was the youngest out of, you know, the seven that came out of six that, you know, started Image Comics. And he's talking now and... and you would think he's probably one of the craziest people on the planet. He probably is, but he is the nicest guy because I've met him uh, mm -hmm. a couple of times and he's always been nice to me. But when he goes off on a tangent, <laughs> like ta like we say we go off on a tangent, we're babies at this. <laughs> he, he's incredible at it. But it's, where was I going with this? I don't know. I now know. I lost my train I'm of thought. I'm along for the ride, though. So no, um, no, no. Let me finish because we we were talking about it, and I was getting to the point where because I listened like to every single one of his podcasts, and I'm getting right. to the point where it's it's regurgitating the same thing over and over. Just, I did there's Deadpool, repetition. Deadpool yeah. has, has done this. I've done four million comics and stuff like that, and it just happens. And and you know it's basically all his opinion and stuff like that. And I'm just like, and I'm talking to the customer. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm getting to the end because it, it's always the same shit. Um, however. He did have a really good point in this last episode that he did, which was called like plot armor. Right. And basically it's it's you know, something happening in the story. This is where I was going with it. See, I'm coming back. The tangent gets me. Nice. Something happens in the story that you did not expect mm -hmm. that 
makes you go, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was power bomb, right? We have for do a power bomb, which is the most recent. But it, you know, his examples were based off of the big two because that's what he's, you know, mostly reviewing. So if we look at the plot armor that he was talking about, you would look he, his top five or whatever was Frank Miller mm-hmm. uh doing the Batman versus uh Superman mm-hmm. um in Dark Knight. Nobody really saw that coming because up to then they they never fought, right? Right. That was the first time they ever actually fucking Batman ever took knuckles to, to Superman. <laughs> yeah. Um, Electra dying. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming in Daredevil. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and, and this this is here, an indie comic. Fucking Robert Kirkman, Invincible. Okay. Omni Man being the fucking bad guy. Right. Well, what the fuck did he fuck? But that's that's not necessarily plot ar- plot armor is when a character is protected. Because, because it's armor, it's right because it's like, um, when well, Luke he was Black, using it in reference to like, like twists, twists like, are like, the opposite of plot armor, right? right? Something unexpected happens, like, so, like, case in point, it's like when Luke Skywalker shows up in The Mandalorian, you know, he's gonna make it out okay because you know he shows up later on, right? That's like plot right. armor, the art, the, right. the, 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 the protects him, but yeah, the, the swerve when you ditch yes. that plot armor, and the twist is fucking yeah. Vader saying, I'm your father, right? Blah, that's, blah, that's the swerve, right. yeah, uh, like, like the death of Electra, that was very right. shocking to people. Well, but, how about, but wait, 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 so, yeah. so but, but before you got there, because that was, I think, over a year in the making, right? That whole year spent was building her up. To have the fan base fucking love her, oh yeah. Because yeah. the only way you're gonna care that a character even dies is yeah. if you have if you're invested in them, and that's emotionally. So I think that's where I'm trying to get at with yeah. this. So even with a, with a, with a number one issue, something needs to grab you. Yeah. Whether it's going to be a story element, whether it's going to be a character um, um, element to it, something needs to grab you and say, "Holy shit, I want to read the next issue because I need to know what happens to either this situation or this person." Or whatever it is, right. and and that's it's is it harder with like action comics and stuff like that? Probably, but right. there should be something that hooks you in to make you want to come back. And I think that's what was missing for me in this particular book gotcha. is that there was a lot of information, but nothing that was like, oh fuck, I need to come back and see this. It was just like, oh that was cool. Oh yeah. that was cool. Oh that fucking panel looks really cool, uh, but that's not going to make you want to come back. Right. Right. Well, and that's, you know, it's interesting, too, because back then, like, the death of Elektra, the death of uh, Jean Grey Phoenix, like, like all those, those were so, you know, the the turn uh, in Dark Knight Returns, those things were so much easier to do back then in the early Mm -hmm. to mid 80s, because Mm -hmm. you didn't have internet and advanced solicitations, like, so when we're reviewing books, like, I consciously choose not to read a solicitation of a book that I'm reading, a number one that I'm reading, because I want to go in cold. I want that surprise. I want to see where this is going. I don't want to read the description before I read the book. Right. Um, you know, because and the classic example, this is pre-internet days, the classic example I think of that is is the death of Superman. Mm. It was billed in like previews and months before. There were already news stories. We're right. killing Superman, you know? And I think that's the first time I feel like in comics, where you really knew some sort of event like that was happening months in advance. Right, right, right. And so it's harder to do now, uh, even with these indie number ones, because I'll I'll go back and read some solicitations where it's like, wow, you just gave the the, the, end of book twist right there in the solicitation. 
Yeah. You know? And so yeah, but that, that that's the other thing, that. right? That's the other thing. So how how truthful are the solicitations? Because how many times have certain people supposed to get married and they don't go fucking married? Fuck that shit. So, <laughs> well, that, yes, it were, that was a bait and switch. If you're talking about uh, uh, the, the the Batman Catwoman thing, I mean that yes. that was definitely a bait. So that was intended to be a swerve all along. It was all fucked up shit. But yeah. yes, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Check also, it out. It's also Bruce Wayne could have a beer and watch football. That was the whole point of Tom King's art. Yeah, it, exactly. uh, arc. It ends with Bruce Wayne at a bar having beer and watching football. That was the point. From it was root beer. beer. It was root beer. It was ginger ale. It's always ginger yeah. ale. <laughs> um okay cool your turn all right cool so yeah so uh the exile you know sounds interesting i I don't know whatnot i props to them for getting into this venture um but it just seems like uh you know it's it's just not really making the waves with these books so i hope this works with for them uh especially getting a big name like wesley snipes yeah we'll see uh so we're uh the book i got is from image and this is called torrent it is written by Mark Guggenheim, illustrated by Justin Greenwood, colored by Rico Renzi, and lettered by Keith Wood. And this is cool. So this is something where, like, this kind of covers all the bases and all the superhero tropes. Uh, it's funny you mentioned minor threats because uh, this has a minor threat vibe to me mm. in its art style and its playing of the, of the superhero tropes and the genre. Uh, Minor Threats focused on villains. This focuses more on on a hero. Uh, Her name is Cracker Jack, is her superhero name. And this uh, does that thing in the beginning where you you start with sort of the the climax of the story. So you're, you're, you're seeing her in a situation where everything has really gone, gone to hell. And, you know, it's, it's building towards a climax. And then, boom, you know, you turn the page and it's one week earlier, right? So now, you know, you're seeing the setup uh, to, to what you saw on that first page. So that sort of flash forward thing. That is a very common trope in these kind of stories. And so basically she's just like, you know, it's sort of like a lighthearted, starts as a lighthearted superhero thing. She's foiling a bank heist, you know, which is like, oh, how cute. You know, no one really robs banks anymore. So this is fun. Uh, there's another hero called Slipstream who keeps, you know, he apparently keeps trying to want to be her partner. And she's like, no, I don't, you know, but, but I'll help you because he gets injured. So she takes him back to, you know, her, her superhero lair, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Her Cracker Jack cave, she calls it. Um, and she does a lot of these things where she like say, you know, certain phrases like, oh, I'm the best there is at what I do, but I can't say any more because then mm. there would be copyright infringement. So she's very <laughs> self-aware of like, she's a superhero and there are these, you know, she uses the term fortress of solitude and then she follows that up with, well, I guess I better, I can't use that one too much, you know, because, you know, so it's, it, it, I thought that was really neat. Mark Guggenheim has written mainstream superhero stuff. So he kind of knows, you know, these tropes really well and is, you know, you know, does a good job with them. So she, you know, Slipstream gets injured. She heals him. She tells him, stay off your leg for 48 hours because you know, he's a speedster, right? right. Um, and he's like, okay, fine. And then boom, it's like two hours later, he's out running, you know, <laughs> and he <sighs> blows the, the, you know, he, he blows his knee out again or whatever because he, he you know, was still healing. 
and he gets captured by essentially her Lex Luthor, right? This uh, Mr. Skelton, who, you know, rich tycoon, lives in a giant tower building and is constantly trying to get at Cracker Jack and get at her secret identity. Mm. Her secret identity is really cool. She's a mom. She's got a husband who helps her. And it's a really nice family dynamic. Um, and again, tropes being tropes, that doesn't last very long. So you really, I think, have in that first issue, uh, it's a standard standard page length, but it's paced really well. I didn't feel like the uh, ending of the first issue was too abrupt, right? Like a couple things I've read recently. Mm-hmm. So I felt like you got a really good complete first issue. You got a really good uh, setup. Um, you have a couple things, especially the husband-wife dynamic. She's the superhero. He's on the surface, the house husband. Um, reminded me a little bit of uh, do a power bomb without giving away too much on that. Mm. Uh, so I also think just like that, I think that there's some sort of what we think happened in the first issue might not necessarily be what happened, but it's all to mess with her. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, so I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of digging what was done in the first issue. I thought it was like I said a great complete first issue, really fun dynamic art, plays on the superhero tropes very likable and engaging character and you know kind of want to see where this is going and so i think i'm in in on this one i i definitely going to pick up the next issue um and again it as far as yeah it just doesn't feel rushed feels really well paced written by a guy you know again old pro at this really knows what he's doing uh so yeah really solid first issue if you like that sort of take on superheroes give torrent a try from image comics Nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I looked at it and I was gonna pick it up, but I was like, "Damn, I got so many books this week." <laughs> so we'll see if I pick it up down the road. Um, all right, I've got the last one. So this one is also by Image Comics, but this is from the Shadow Line uh, production, which is uh, Jim Valentino's line. Yeah. Uh, one of the original founders of, of Image. Uh, this one's called The Last Barbarians. So. We'll go with title first because everything that I read had nothing to do with barbarians. <laughs> so I think that's going to actually come later on into the story, um, which is coming at the end of the story. So pretty much we have sort of like this fantastical world. Um, but the words were by Brian Halberin with Hannah Wall, art by Brian Halberin or Haberlin, um, colors by Gerard Van Dyke, letters by Francis uh, Takanaga. Um, yeah, so you, it's it's in the realm of like fantasy because you have uh, magic and uh, trolls and fairies and all of that stuff. And basically, you're following this uh, one um, woman whose name is Silver, but with an S Y L to it. Um, but they call her Silv. Um, and basically, she's sort of like a jack of all trades. So she's a fighter, a thief, and she can actually cast like low-level magic spells. Um, and, you know, she's got a really sarcastic tone about her. Um, uh, and she's like, she's a hustler. The thing that kind of like, I don't want to say that drags her down, but the thing that kind of throws a wrench into her sort of life right now is her younger brother, who's like seven foot tall, but acts like the guy from the Game of Thrones, the one that was um, always saying Hodor. Did uh, you ever see Game of Thrones? No, I'm not much for dragons. Okay. <laughs> This, yeah, but there's very little dragons in it. I don't care. But but yeah, so like the, the idiot savant. So he's freaking like, hold on, hold on, hold right. on. 
So he's like really, uh, really. Just I know, I know that's like hold the door. That's a thing. That's a thing. Yes. Yeah. I know yes. winter is coming. I know I drink and I know things. I've heard that phrase. God damn, I shouldn't have said anything. Um, okay, yes, all yes to all of that. But basically, he's just really simple-minded. Um, and so she has to make sure that he's constantly just not getting in trouble because he'll just wander off and, and shit goes to hell. Um, but yeah, so basically the story is, is that, you know, in order for you to survive as an adventurer, you have to be part of a guild. And because of her snapping mouth and the way that she is, this particular job that she was on, it ended up, you know, coming back damaged, whatever she was supposed to bring in. And then she had sort of like this irate fit because of what the person who I had, you know, said. And then all of a sudden she's kicked out of the guild. And there's like this whole like uh, like a montage of her going to different guilds, trying to get into another guild. And everybody's just like, nope, 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 nope. Drawn really well. I like the art in this particular book. There's even a fight with, not a fight, but there's a, a big ass troll that's about 20 feet tall that comes and captures her. And trolls don't eat anything that's alive in this particular world. They only eat things that are dead. Uh, so basically, you know, uh, um, unless you're dead, they, they won't eat you. So what they'll do is they'll capture you and then they'll freaking flap you all over the place and slam you on the floor <laughs> until you're dead like and cat. smashed. That's like a cat. <laughs> It does with a mouse exactly or a bird. Um, and but then she's going over the rules on you know how to take care of these guys, and it's basically you have to scold them like you're a really mean mom and <laughs> stuff like that, and it stops them in their track. It's just it's fucking hilarious. It's a lot of internal dialogue that she's talking to the audience, um, in that respects, along with what's going on, you know, with a little bit of uh uh, dialogue that's going on between the characters so you you get a lot in this particular book and it's only the 30 you know pages or so um, within it but you do get a, a lot of her background um her sort of like her like her character and her characteristics you, you get a lot of that um and then how she's you know sassy with everybody but she's taking care of her brother who you know is strong as an ox but dumb as a bull or doornail. Mm -hmm. And then uh, basically she has no job now. And so, you know, she's gotten out to pay the rent. And it's cool because we hardly ever see this. Like, it bothers me when I'm watching TV shows <laughs> where, uh, you know what I was watching the other day? I was watching Mannequin for some reason. I don't know <laughs> fucking why. Some reason. I put it on. I put it, ever made. Dude, fucking Kim Control. Oh, my God. Dude, she had, she was, her body was tight. Yep. Uh, but I'm not, I don't want to go off another tangent. So I'm watching it. I put it on this background because I'm just not going to watch it. I'm going to do my work. I ended up watching the whole fucking thing. And here's the thing that bothered me about those movies is that the fucking main character loses 20 fucking jobs in like his montage, yet <laughs> lives in an apartment that has to be at least $8,000 a month. And I'm like, That's, there's no fucking way. If I lost my job right now, I'd be living out of my fucking car. There's, there's no way it, it bothered the hell out of me. Yeah. So what was great about this book is that they actually had no more money, and the fucking land, like the guy who owns the land or whatever, they're sleeping in some fucking barn. It was like, I need my money, or you're gone. She goes, okay, I'll get it to you the next time. They, they, they leave. They come back. All their shit is outside the barn. Uh, he said, I told you I needed it. You're out. I, I have to make money as well. I thought it was fucking hilarious. So then they, she gets an offer from a, a, a cleric uh, who's coming to town. Um, and she's been warned about this cleric to not take the job or whatever. And, and, you know, she's so hard up that she has to do this. 
Um, and then so when she goes back to the club, because originally she told him no, he says he only has room for one person now because she, he either another warrior, which is other, you know, uh, freaking chick warrior who looks badass. Uh, but it's not a barbarian. And and so freaking so she has to, he has to do a, a two for oneer so the brother and the, the the sister for one price but then at the very end we get sort of like these two women who look like barbarians who are I don't know if they're following the cleric for some reason or if they're following the girl it wasn't a hundred percent clear to me but remember that little. Jack Rabbit spider thing that looked really weird. Yeah, I remember you showed me that. That was creepy. Yeah, it, it was fucking creepy as shit. And I thought it was huge, but no, it fits in the palm of her hand, and oh, that's a little spy. That's so she sends it back to go and uh, spy on them. So yeah, so they head her off to a ship um, that's off to an adventure that the cleric has for them. Uh, he hasn't specified what the adventure is or what he's hiring her for, um, but yeah, I, I I dug it. I this was a really good first issue because there was a lot behind it. For me, when the first issue is a lot of uh, reading. It bothers me sometimes, but you know, as long as I've been reading Scott Snyder, I've gotten used to it. <laughs> um, but it, it it wasn't information that was just out there to just be out there. It was really good information on background and um, and you know, giving you clarification on how the the rules of this particular world work, mm-hmm. um, which is great. So it gives you a little bit more understanding of of where they are. Um, but yeah, Last Barbarians from Image Comics. So I'm pretty sure the Barbarians. In this particular uh, series, are not going to be good people, uh, and we're going to find out. So, yeah, pretty cool. It, it reminded me of uh, who was the uh, the thief in uh, Conan? Valeria. No, not 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 the cool one. Oh, the oh not the girl, dude. the guy, uh, the guy from Conan the Destroyer. Um, yes. Tracy, the name? actor's name is Tracy Walter, Bob the Goon from uh, from, from. Yes, from yes, yes, yes. All right. So if 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 this was. If he was this chick, but like super hot, then that's what it is. So she's kind of goofy. She's, she's not kind, not kind of goofy, but like sarcastic in a okay. lot of the ways because he was sarcastic too. Yeah, a little bit, um, yeah. Um, and there's some comedic stuff that she does, but it's not like 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 clown funny, but it's just like laugh out out funny. So I, I dug it. I'm I'm gonna continue with it. I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a mini, um, but I dug it. Cool. I dug it. Very good. All right. Yeah, I think that's all we have, right? That's it. It's yeah, three great. books. It wasn't a big week. I think next week could be a little bit bigger because I looked at the list and I was like, holy stuff. So, <laughs> holy so Wesley stuff. Snipes. Holy Wesley Snipes. All right, peeps, that's all that we have for you. So listen, if you like what you're hearing, especially when we go off on tangents, please click subscribe to the podcast because I promise you we will go off on tangents every single week for as long as we live. Uh, if you're a creator want to be on the podcast, you know, want to promote yourself and or a project that you have coming up, just go to amazingactioncomics.com slash podcast, fill out the form. We'd love to have you on. Uh, please stay up to date on everything that we've got going on at Amazing Action Comics at amazingactioncomics.com. And last but not least, please support your local comic shops because without us, they would not be around. And without them, we wouldn't have stuff to read. <laughs> Phil, where do you get your comics from? Well, I get my comics at The Joker's Child in Fairlaw, New Jersey, where you can get all these books that we talk about and so much more. And, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about these other indie creators and their work. And, you know, as obviously you know that Angel himself is a uh, independent comic publisher as well, because otherwise you probably wouldn't be here if you didn't know that. And Angel is also an amazing 
uh, action artist as well. And uh, one of the great things that we do. I only at, draw action. That's he only it. draws action, but amazingly. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the great things that we do have at the Joker's Child are original artwork by uh, our very own Angel Santiago. He, he does a great thing where he takes the, hey, you, you do this great thing where you take these blank covers that uh, vary covers and you just put some amazing uh, images on that blank paper. Uh, so, you know, not only get comics done by, you know, people who actually get serious paid, serious money for making comics, come and help Angel out and buy some of his fantastic artwork. Who gets well. paid nothing at all. <laughs> he gets so paid in micron pens. And, <laughs> uh, micro pens. And I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that, Phil. Yeah. All thank right. you for Wonderful. the great art. Yes. Yes. If you're ever in town, come by, say hello. Um, I'll sign your shirt or your boobie. Whatever one you want. It's all good. All right, kitties. Until next time, please be amazing. Stay amazing. And read something amazing.